Welcome to the Straight to the Point podcast. Hi, my name is Bo Crable. I am an Amazon seller investor, and I've been lucky enough to be mentored by several millionaire business icons at a very young age, and I took action on their advice. This podcast is all about providing you with the right knowledge to succeed in the online retail business and grow your personal wealth to your maximized potential. Let's get right into it. My story. I'm going to explain to you a complete start from the beginning of my entrepreneurship career until right now as I'm recording this podcast and anything that's practically important to you. I'm not going to just explain some things about you that's not important. However, it started off at the age of 12. I was in middle school at this time where I saw an opportunity. I saw an opportunity where all the cool kids and my classmates were wearing these Nike Elite socks. And these Nike Elite socks, what they wore were these expensive $12 pairs of socks that had a stripe on them by Nike. And Nike had a very limited amount of colors. They really only had black and white when they first came out. So I had an opportunity and saw that I could actually dye them different colors. And it's actually really, this whole story about me actually dyeing these is really funny. Um, There's a friend of mine named Maddie who actually, uh, me and this girl Maddie, we actually ended up dating in high school. However, when we were in middle school, um, she actually made YouTube videos about tutorials and stuff like this. And she and her friend actually invited me over to her house and they were dyeing these socks and they were just doing it for themselves. And me having just kind of a, I guess, entrepreneurship brain and thinking how I can make a dollar um, in what I was doing because I was young at the time. I would figure out how can I go make money because I was always doing lemonade stands. I literally would pick up um, poop from my neighbor's yard, um, dog poop, obviously, um, do paper routes and a bunch of other things to make money. So I was always interested in making a dollar. So I was, huh. You know, this is really cool. I would go pay for this. How about I try to go do this myself and go from there? So then a week later, um, I was in business selling these socks to all my classmates for $24. I'd buy them for 12 and go to Joanne's, get some coloring dye and go from there. And it made a few hundred dollars until the principals at school told me I can't keep doing this. They said, Bo, I'm glad you're happy doing this, but you cannot be doing business on school grounds. You can't collect money. So then I thought, how can I go reach the other students and other classmates? So I made a Facebook page um, because I was, okay, everyone else is on Facebook. How about I just make a Facebook page and contact them that way? Do some, I guess, social media marketing at that point. And I actually still have the Facebook page today. If you actually call the number on it, actually, it will go to my best friend, Carson, um, because we started a little business together. Um, And... We nothing really happened. We sold some, a few more pairs on Facebook, and then my buddy Carson kind of quit a little bit just because we realized it wasn't really any traction was going with because we're stopped at school. He got stopped at his school because we went to different schools. I realized, you know what? I know how to list things on eBay. There's got to be other middle schoolers out there in the country that want these. So then I posted these on eBay, and from that day forward was where my e-commerce journey started. I was doing a couple thousand dollars in sales from these socks on eBay. Literally, my best socks, my best money makers, were black and white Nike Elite socks that were rainbow design. And how I made the rainbow design was off a Sharpie pen. Now, I had a very detailed process to make sure that the colors always stayed intact. I actually have several pairs um, of my own still. And I actually have a, a few friends of mine who still wear the socks that I sold to them. And there's, the color is still there. Like I had a very detailed process so the colors would never fade away. I mean, pretty much I had to like dip them in vinegar and wash them multiple times, but they're quality socks. I, I wasn't just selling crap to people. Um, I d- didn't really want to do that at all. 
Um, I actually started that eBay account today and strive on making sure I'm a, a bestseller on eBay. Um, but that's the world of eBay that started for me. I realized, and a light bulb went off, that there's money to be made by selling products online. And from that day forward, I was addicted. I was like, okay, how, how else can I make money on eBay? What other ways can I sell products? How can I go get my hands on more stuff that I can go buy low and sell high? And then I started to dive deep into more things. I got actually into bartering on Craigslist because I was watching the show with my dad. And actually, my dad has a pretty big part to all this story. I really love my dad a lot. And he actually taught me how to list things on eBay. So if you're wondering, okay, you're 12 years old. How did you know how to list things on eBay? My dad, he was back and forth um, when I was growing up being an entrepreneur and uh, when I was really, really young. Before I can remember, I was maybe not even born, a couple of years old. Uh, he was actually making a lot of money at uh, when I was really, really young. Um, and when he was young, too, he was making a lot of money. He actually owned a lot of coffee shops and was arguably competing with Starbucks at one point. And then that went south. They went to go national and things did not go well, went to go raise money. And practically, that coffee business went bankrupt. So I, didn't, I never really saw that happen, but I always heard stories of what not to do from my father. And then my father got an internet marketing and did well there, but then things went down. And then after just a lot of ups and then complete, complete downs, he just went to go get a job. Um, so most of my, I guess, time where I could actually remember, I just remember my dad having a job, but I remember him being pretty much a failed entrepreneur. But one thing my dad always was always doing on the side was eBay. He was always selling things on eBay. It was either comic books or art, all this stuff. So he taught me how to list things on eBay. And when he had a job, he couldn't do all the stuff. So I kind of actually just uh, was a little side work on eBay. So I knew how to make listings really, really well on eBay. That was really my expertise. And I even still preach to this day that one of the most important things on eBay is how to make a listing. Like really, at the end of the day, like if, if you have the right product on eBay and you can make the right listing, it'll sell. I have some friends who... Uh, really good friends of mine and actually uh, neighbors too um, that do over $40 million a year. Actually, I don't even know the exact number they do. I never ask them, but I know they could go sell their company right now for $100 million. And they tell me, Bo, on Amazon, when you're selling these products, they don't tell, they don't tell me specifically because I already know the answer. When people ask them, it's like, you know what? It's not really about the product on Amazon. And they're talking about because they they like do private label stuff which you can make money with but after i've heard their stories there's very hard people to go do they're like it just matters on how your listing looks which very similar on ebay um that's for sure but you also want to make sure you're getting quality customers however um got into ebay right and then i was introduced to some bartering because uh, i remember my me and my dad would watch these like bartering shows like uh it wasn't pawn shops but it was like store doors and stuff like that i realized you know what i could probably go do that I remember I started with a pair of Kobe 5 purple shoes, Kobe V uh, shoes. I could probably go sell them for like $50, but I decided to trade them for different shoes. Then I had to trade them for like LeBron shoes, and those LeBron shoes I traded for like a G-Shock watch, and then that G-Shock watch into like a PlayStation or a portable, like a PSP, like a portable PlayStation, one of those little things. And then I remember I traded that for a guitar, that guitar for a sound system, that sound system to an iPhone 4S at the time. This is when Siri just came out. Um, I remember I was like, okay, wow, I just literally traded a pair of shoes all the way up into a, an iPhone. Now I'm going to use this iPhone. And then I realized, you know what? I like $400 or $500. I believe I sold it. 
uh, for $450. I did sell for $450 back then. And so I did that for a couple months and realized it, it was fun little side hustle, the bartering thing, but it took up a lot of time. And then I got in just literally going to clearance outlets, um, like the Nike out and just selling on eBay as is. Then I really just took my business as more of a hobby throughout middle school and early high school. Then in high school, um, I started making a bunch of money selling these kendamas. I kind of saw the same exact opportunity um, as I did with the socks that all of these kids were playing with these stupid, like they're stupid, they're kendamas. They're literally, it's a ball and a stick. It's called a Japanese like yo-yo toy. It's, you have a handle, you have two sides on it that's like cupped um, and a little pointy like thing on the top that the ball can get caught into and you play with it. And these people were just like animals going after these things. And I was like, all right, instead of me trying to sell these kids at school, let me go find these for low. I was buying them for a dollar from China and selling them for $10 on eBay and selling them like crazy, selling 15, 20 of them a day. And this is right when I actually joined cross country and track. When I got into high school, I was a football and basketball player. Uh, my brother was an all-state lineman and my family was, we loved football, right? Um, but I hated football. I was good at it. I was a receiver in safety, corner, I guess. Um, but I really, really hated football. I played on varsity a little bit my freshman year towards the end. Uh, and I just hated it. And I knew I was naturally gifted at running. And everyone knew it. My dad knew I was good at running cross-country, like long distance, would always do like endurance races and PE, and I'd always beat everyone. And then, um, so I joined track my sophomore year and realized I was pretty good at it. And as I got more good at it, more committed to track and cross-country, I really took my eBay and Amazon business to the side. And my junior year is when I really doubled down at this time it was my first year of cross country. So my first year of track was a uh, sophomore. Track is in the spring and cross country is in the fall. So I played football that fall, my sophomore year. Track my sophomore year and then cross country in the fall. I decided after my cross country fall years to really double down and want to get a goal of running good enough times this year to land a Division One scholarship because I realized that my running career was short, but to really get a Division One scholarship, you need to run fast times your junior year. So my freshman year, I ran a 4.33, might have been 4.32. It was either 4.33 or 4.32 a mile as a sophomore. And that was my first year of track. So that time is pretty good. That could probably get you like a Division three. Um, there's not an athletic scholarship Division three, but I could go to Division three school pretty much anywhere with that time. So it was pretty decent, um, but it wasn't good enough for Division one track scholarship. So I started researching time, started researching what other people were doing. And realized my training was not very good at all. I started learning more about running. Um, so I really doubled down that winter. I was playing basketball in the winter. And I loved, I like basketball a lot. I really like, it wasn't something I hated like football. Um, but I really just love running a lot more. So I remember I would wake up before school every single day. And I would run before school. Sometimes I'd go to the track before school and run really hard workouts. And then I would have my breakfast like to go ready to eat right before school. Then after school, I would go to basketball practice. Then after basketball practice, I would go to the weight room and run on the, the, the treadmill or do other plyometrics that were related to running. So I was focused, focused, focused on running. My business went to the back burner. I wasn't focused on it. All I was focused on was running, 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 running. Even when I was doing basketball, I was like, all right, let me just get the most amount of exercises possible so I can help me for my running. And the coaches saw that. Some of the coaches were actually really mad about that. So then my junior year, 
uh, started to run some pretty quick times. I ran a 422 mile uh, my junior year, and that, that and my two mile time of 936, which is two 448s back to back, landed me a lot of recognition in Division One schools, which then um, later on my senior year landed me some Division One scholarships. But as soon as I ran that time of my junior year, 422 and 936 for the two mile, that I knew I was going to go to Division One school, all my focus went to running. I knew that I had one more shot, I had one more year, one more year of cross country, one more year of track. I realized I was still felt like an, a new runner because it was still kind of a new sport to me. So I realized, okay, I'm done with friends, done with social events, done with any other priorities that's not me being a faster runner. Runner. So my going into my senior year, that's what I did. I didn't go out with friends. I didn't do anything except think about running, run, sleep to go for my next run, and fuel for the next run. I got up to about 100 miles a week in my training, and I was in the best shape of my life. I remember doing a workout where I was doing mile repeats. And if you don't know what a mile repeat is, you will if you're a runner. It's uh, pretty much self-explanatory. You do a little warm-up, and then the workouts I would do, I would do five-mile repeats. So it's pretty much you, you run a mile pretty fast, not as hard as you can, but you run really fast. Then you take a two-minute jog, and then you do another real fast mile, and then a two-minute jog, another real fast mile, two-minute jog, another real fast mile, and do that five times. I remember I did the same exact workout a year before, and during that year before, I was averaging about 540 to 550 miles for the mile repeats. When I did it this year, as I bumped up my training a bunch, we're about a week and a half until the first race of the year. I remember the slow or the slowest I ran. I started off with a five ten, then I got down to five oh five, and I don't remember the exact times. I actually have my Garmin watch. I remember I think I put this in my book. You can actually get my book right now on Amazon at the called the Secrets to Sound on Amazon. Um, but my last mile was in the four was the high four threes or four forties but either it was an extremely fast time i just killed the workout but if we actually fast forward a week after that workout where i just killed it running the best times of my life i get injured i can't run anymore and i go to several doctors and I realize what's going on pretty much what's going on so i grew up in an hour south of seattle washington and olympia washington and it rains a lot there it rains something like 200 times a year. We don't get a lot of sunshine and it just pours. So our roads are slanted. And most of my runs I would do on the roads. And if you imagine this, if you're running on a road that's slanted, if you're running on the right side of the road, your right foot is actually going to be a little lower than your left. And doing this for 100 miles a week, 80, 90, 100 miles a week, what's happening is your entire body, your hips, your knees, your joints, everything is just used to being in a different form. So I did that so much that what happened is my knee pretty much got out of line. So then I, any pressure I'd put onto it would just cause massive, massive injuries. So at first, like my Achilles just got destroyed. And that's what the doctors initially just thought my issue was, which is the Achilles. It wasn't until I went to a chiropractor, they realized it wasn't the Achilles, it wasn't the foot, it wasn't the ankle. It was simply the fact that my knee was out of line. So, but long story short, I was done for the entire year. I went from everything I was doing, everything I was thinking, all my effort, blood, sweat, and tears was into running, was gone. Couldn't run anymore. I definitely had a lot of fears of 
could I even could I even still have the digital one scholarship? I know that I was getting several offers from several schools. Um, could I even ever run again? I've never been injured before this bad. Like, what am I going to do? So I uh, went home and I was actually kind of too embarrassed to, because I actually had the only way to really like fix the injury is I had to pretty much take a week off of any pressure. I they didn't want me to walk for a week, so I went to uh, went to school for Monday and Tuesday in crutches. And then when I went there on Wednesday, I was I just I was like I can't go to school. I just I feel too embarrassed. I went from the best runner in the entire county one of the best runners in the state. Everyone's on the radar watching me. They know I'm going to kill it this year. They know I'm in extreme shape. People have seen me put in the work. People have seen the miles I ran. Everyone's expecting me to just crush it this year. I just felt so, so embarrassed that I let myself down, let my coaches down, and just wrecked it. I just felt, it was honestly like depressing. So I didn't go to school for the rest of that week. Went home, laid down, watched Netflix. And I just, just kept trying to think to myself, like, what am I going to do? Like my entire goal is to be a professional runner. This is what I want to do. I was gifted in this. Like what, why? I just asked myself so many times, why is this happening to me? I put in so much work. I put in so much effort. I've cared so much for my body. I've tracked all this, my sleep. I've tracked so much stuff to just be a top tier athlete. Why is this happening to me? And then I go out to my office where I would kind of still ship out some eBay and Amazon packages because my business was taken to the side, but I still had some sales coming in passively that I would just kind of package up some stuff every single night because it just brought in some money without me having to do anything. It was kind of pure passive sales. And then a light bulb went off. I was driving to the post office and I realized, oh my gosh, here's the only other thing that I'm good at, selling products online. And I realized, you know what? This running thing may or may not work out. I love running. I know I'm going to get healthy again. I'm going to go to Pepperdine University, which is the school I ended up uh, signing my national letter intent to, to uh, go run on track scholarship. But I realized, you know what? I'm going to build this up just in case if I can never do this running thing again. Because I never wanted to go to college. I wasn't a firm believer on education. The only reason why I was going to go to college was on a track scholarship. So then I started to get a little healthier again. In April, I still wasn't running, but I signed my national letter intent to uh, run at Pepperdine University. And then I got healthy around May, a little after I signed the National Honor Intent. It's kind of funny. I signed my National Honor Intent. A lot of stress went down because one, I was making a lot more money in my business. I remember doing about $60,000 this month. Thing was going well. I started to actually hang out with some friends now and just life seemed really great. And surprisingly, um, right away, I started to actually be able to run again. I don't know if I had to do with stress levels that helped me kind of cure my injury. But I started running again. And then throughout the summer, I started running. But at this time, I actually, right before I graduated, started making a YouTube channel. The reason why I made a YouTube channel was because I saw all of these people online teaching about eBay and Amazon who had absolutely no idea what they're talking about. I see these same people online today, but I was just so, so annoyed that because I had a very small question about like some template thing that I wanted like to just get answered in, about Amazon Look at a very small question. Then I just saw all these people presenting content because I never watched YouTube before. Like literally, I never watched YouTube videos until I started making YouTube videos. And I saw all these people just presenting awful content. And it's not, not even that it was awful content. It was just, I knew that these people were full, full of crap because I've been selling online for such a long time and I've made a lot of money with it 
And I knew what works and what doesn't work at this point. Like I wasn't just some random person online teaching people, trying to get money from them. Like I've been doing this entire time. I never even watched a YouTube video. So then that kind of, with me, a bit of an ego, I just want to make sure things are always done right. I decided to post some content and really just not attacking these people, but just calling these people out and the business models and say, hey, my, this is what I've done. Look at my numbers. This is what actually works, not what these people are saying. And that got me a lot of attention at the start. A lot of good attention, a lot of bad attention too, that's for sure. Like good publicity, bad publicity, whatever you want to say about it. But people started to reach out to me to have them work with them one-on-one. -on -one. And I was like, hey, I get you want me to coach you or whatever. But I'm not in the business of trying to teach people. I'm super busy. I'm going to Pepperdine University next year to run track and cross country. That's my passion. I have my eBay and Amazon business on the side. and I've grown it up and it's doing well. But I don't really want to go coach anybody. But I'll, I'll make some more YouTube videos for you. What questions do you have? I'll make some YouTube videos about it so you can get it answered. So I started making some more YouTube videos. But then more and more people kept reaching out. I was like, okay. Fine, I'll take on a few clients and let's see how that goes. So then, I, then my days looked like this. I'd wake up. Uh, sometimes I'd eat breakfast, sometimes I wouldn't. Either way, I would hydrate in the morning. I'd go for a long run. Anywhere between, depending on the day. If it was a Sunday, it would be like a two-hour run. If it was a Tuesday, it would be probably like a 50-minute run. But I would run in the morning, then do coaching calls from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Then I'd go for a run after I ate dinner, after uh, my coaching calls, then I would go to this place called The Valley, which is a place you go work out at and do some weights at night. And that was my entire day. Then I'd go to sleep. Didn't see anyone, didn't see any friends. And then I realized, okay, there's no way I can go do this at Pepperdine, run my business, coach, and all this. There's no, there's no possible way. So I realized, how can I make this scalable? How can I go teach all these people give them more value than what I'm giving them right now or at least the same and be able to do more of it. And that's when the idea of a course brought to me. So I created a course and as I'm going to Pepperdine, I'm still doing the course. I remember actually um, staying at Airbnb uh, a couple of days before getting preseason tra pre training camp to finish up the last little lessons of the course. And I got to Pepperdine five days in, five days into Pepperdine. I left. I was asking myself, there's no way. There's no, no way. Like I, I didn't realize how much time it really took to be a student athlete. And I didn't even go to school at this point. Like, there wasn't even a class in session yet because I preached at a training camp. I remember asking myself that, okay, the amount of time we just spend every single day running and hanging out with the team, there's no way I can do both of it. I love running so much. I put so much time and effort into it. But I've also put so much time and effort into my eBay and Amazon business. I'm very passionate about that. I'm passionate about my business. And I asked myself, in four years from now, when I'm 23 or 22, 23, 24 years old, what am I going to regret more? Am I going to regret not running four years at the collegiate level where maybe I get injured again? Maybe I don't. There's not a lot of money in running either. Or will I regret not pursuing the opportunities I have around my business. Because right at this point, my business was growing massively. I saw a huge potential and I realized I was barely scratching the surface. So I saw the potential. I saw the growth that could happen. And I was, on, I was on pace to get to wherever I wanted to be. But the time it took to be a student athlete, I never comprehended what it was. It was, a, it was two full-time jobs, really what it was. So then I decided, I told my dad, hey, 
I don't, I don't want to run. I don't want to, I don't want to go to school. I want to keep doing my business. And I remember the, when I first told him that it was on the, it was on the fourth night, fourth day. I actually, I asked him, Hey, can you meet me uh, at Starbucks? I got to talk to you about something. So I told him about it. I was crying a lot. And, he, and then we pretty much came to a solution. Okay. How about you just think about it for this month. You grind it out for the first month of school and you do the first couple of races. Cause I haven't raced. Literally, I didn't race at all my senior year, or I, I did one race my senior year, um, and I was actually injured in that race, and I actually ran 30 seconds faster than my cross-country time, but I practically didn't do any races my senior year. And my junior year, I actually ended my junior year not that great because I got a little injured, a little sickness, so I really have not really shown my chance, the true potential of what I had according to the workouts I was doing. Um, but then the next day, I, my dad was like, hey, you know what? I thought about it all night. <laughs> I couldn't sleep. And he told me, if you think it's right and if you don't want to do this, there's no point. I'm just waiting right now. And I totally agreed. And I went to my coach, bawling my eyes out, and said, hey, I don't want to. Um, I, I, I can't choose both. I can't. Because uh, he knew about my business before because he was actually he used to be an entrepreneur. He's actually a coach for uh, Tony Robbins, or he does, like Tony Robbins will have coaches that coaches like clients and stuff like that, and he's one of them. Robert Radnone, he actually doesn't uh, coach for Pepper anymore, but I told him I, I have to decide which one do I want to do, and I, I, I'm quitting the running, I'm quitting the school, and that was it. And then I realized, okay, I'm just going to go nonstop, grow my business, I got back to the state of Washington, August 27th, 2017. I launched my course that I finished up, and that was a huge, successful launch. About 16 students got in the first day and grew my Amazon business, 10X'd it, 10X'd it again, and now we're here. Now, obviously, between that point and now, it's been about two years since I left. Uh, actually, it's been less than two years. Wow. Yeah, right now I'm talking about this in uh, June, so it's been a year and 10 months. And in this year and 10 months, I've really accomplished a lot, but pretty much what I would say what I've done is just done more of my Amazon business and provided more value to the audience I'm talking to right now. That's my story. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode. The feedback has just been tremendous so far. I'm loving it. And I'd love it if you just took the next 30 seconds of your time to do me a quick favor. Please go ahead and leave a five-star rating and drop your number one takeaway from this episode inside whatever podcast platform that you're using. This is really just like a virtual pat on the back for me to continue to keep pumping out free content. Thank you so much and see you on the next episode.